Hi, everyone, and welcome to VMware's Partnership Perspectives podcast. I'm Kathleen Tandy, Vice President of Global Partner and Alliance Marketing at VMware, and I'm pleased to bring you the stories and trends from our VMware partners, executives, and industry analysts. Today, I'm excited to share my recent conversation with Aletha Noonan, Senior Vice President of Product and Partner Management at CDW. CDW is a leading provider of information technology solutions for business, government, education, and healthcare customers. Aletha has been with CDW for over 18 years, and together with her team, she has seen the company grow from less than half a billion dollars in revenue to now over 20 billion. Together, we covered topics around the complexity of today's technology landscape, the value of a true customer-centric partnership, and how VMware and CDW help customers create unique business solutions to successfully accelerate their digital transformations. I'm excited to share the full conversation now. Aletha, welcome to Partnership Perspectives. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. So let's start our conversation today with your role at CDW as Senior Vice President of Product and Partner Management and some background on CDW's business. So I understand you've been with CDW a total of 18 years, although I think that also included a break for you to have a leading role at Microsoft as well. How is your time at CDW? And maybe you could talk a little bit about your role at Microsoft. Prepare you for your current role at CDW. And what is the scope of the role that you currently have? So I actually started in the industry in 1993. I worked for a small VAR at the time, and I was an assistant buyer and an office manager. And I joined CDW in 1994. I stayed at CDW for just over 11 years until my second daughter was born. And then when she was born, I stayed home for five years. I came back to the industry by way of Microsoft, and I spent three years at Microsoft as a part of the global channel team that supported specifically CDW. So I was uh, responsible only for the CDW business, which was great for me. I spent most of my early career as a technology sales person and then a sales leader. I, I happened to have worked for the company when we were less than a half a billion dollars, and now we're over $20 billion. So I did get to take part in kind of building and designing the way we go to market, some of our early sales strategies. At one point, I was responsible for the training and hiring of all new managers, whether they went to CDW corporate or CDW public sector. Toward the end of my first round at CDW, I was responsible for our biggest corporate segment. So I really kind of had the role as a sales and a sales leader, a technology solution specialist. And I also got to see CDW change the way we go to market. That So in 05, I stayed home. And then in 2010, I came back to the industry by way of Microsoft. And I happened to have worked for a woman that I had known early in my career. And we had some great synergy working together on projects at CDW. So it was a great fit. And I have to say, having had that job and spent those three years at Microsoft really gave me the eyes of the partner that I don't think I would have ever seen had I just stayed at at CDW. Certainly, I would have had a perspective of the partner, but I had a a behind-the-scenes look at one of our largest partners who also is so critical to the multi-partner ecosystem that CDW has. So great experience for me and a great opportunity for me to see both sides. 
In um, 2013, I came back to CDW and I ran one of our public sector segments. I was responsible for our higher education team, which was new to me. I had spent my career at CDW, more of the corporate side, except for the time when we weren't in segments and we just generally covered everybody. But I think starting in around 1998, we started to create some of our public sector segments. So I was responsible for the higher education segment. And I'll tell you what that did for me coming back to CDW gave me the opportunity to really focus on um, specific solutions, on customer-centric outcomes, on understanding the nuances of an industry. And as I think about today and the importance of us being so specific to the end-user outcomes, typically for a specific type of business or a specific type of industry, I think that time in higher education certainly prepared me for that. It's given me more of an insight into how we need to be thinking about the different use cases for our customers. That's great. There are a number of different years to cover. (laughs) You've had a tremendous career and a lot of different aspects of it, which have all led to where you are today. So I appreciate you sharing that background. I wanted to pick up on a couple of things you mentioned. You were, first of all, it's just fantastic to see, having been with CDW, you said from a billion dollars to $20 billion. Phenomenal growth, phenomenal development and change. And you mentioned that you were part of the journey of changing the business models of the company. I know we're all undergoing through another round of tremendous changes in the industry. I'm curious what the first kind of set of evolution of the business models were that you were referring to. And I wonder how similar or different that is related to some of the changes we're seeing happen today in the market. If I think back to 1995, CDW really was a a big transactional company. We dropped catalogs, customers called, and we we sold them the right things at the right price. I think our tagline at one point was the right price right away. In early 1995, we launched our first corporate outbound team. I was a part of that team as a salesperson. I was one of the six people that was a part of designing how we go to market and do corporate consultative selling. So we kind of dipped our toe into that. At the same time, we started to build up more of a certification around technology so that we would really kind of bring that consultative approach as opposed to having the right price and the right stuff. We went to how can we make better advice and be consultative to our customers? So I think that was the first wave. A few years later in 1998, we relaunched our corporate outbound strategy because we found that the focus really gave us a differentiation we had started that initially because we had customers who had gone dark. And the, that first team that was calling out to our customers were just customers that had bought from CDW, but hadn't called us back in, a, I think it was six or nine months. So that was version one in 1995. In 1998, we decided to pivot. And all of our new hire onboarding and new hire training was about being a consultative outbound salesperson. So we would give people a book of business and they could still pick up some inbound business, but we went from being an inbound organization to an outbound organization. And I was a young director at the time and another coworker of mine, he and I were chartered with relaunching that business and really kind of designing the way we go to market in terms of how we hire the sellers, how we train the sellers, and the importance of just that customer curation and that customer-centric approach. So that was the beginning. I think if we fast forward today, what's very similar is It's all about the customer and that's never changed. You know, CDW has always had this circle of service 
And arguably, the circle of service in 1984, when Michael Krasny founded us, was having products available at a good price because it wasn't as complicated of a landscape. And now you fast forward to 2022, where there's so many choices for our customers. How do we give them decisions and how do we give them recommendations that are customer centric, that are focused on what they need, you know, what their install base is? Sometimes some industries, like if you think about the financial vertical, they have to be the fastest. You'll think about another industry. Maybe they could operate a little slower at the price of saving some money. This customer-centric thing hasn't changed, but the intensity and the importance of the customer focus, I think, is now more important than ever. I totally agree with that, especially as you mentioned, the complexity of the technology landscape, the breadth of the portfolios that our customers have to leverage, to use, to help transform their business in ways that we've never seen before, which has just accelerated over the last two years. I think keeping the customer at the center is something we strive to do, CDW strives to do, which is also why we, I think, tend to be such strong partners as well. And also just, it's fascinating to hear how in the early days, CDW was very focused at, it's all about differentiation, right? Through consultative selling, through focusing on the customer, thinking about their position. And I think you continue to be on the leading edge of that today. I had a question for you. You had mentioned a couple of times that at one point CDW in its development organized by sector, like you were talking about healthcare or a government. I'm curious as how you look at with the customer at the center, how you balance the need to be able to work with your customers from where they are, from their industry, from what they're trying to do, from a use case standpoint with also balancing the need for the technology specialization, which is required, right? So if you look at the landscape, we've got cloud and the whole range from edge to public to hybrid, you have networking, you have security, you have very complicated domains. How does CDW and how do you think about balancing the intersection of technology expertise with also helping meet the customer where they are from their perspective and what's important to them? We think that the technology expertise really is one and one A. And the nuances of how that lands at a customer is so specific to them based on their industry. If we were just to speak technical, and if we were just to talk about the technical problems that we were solving and how that was going to work, it becomes more confusing for our customers who are in more specialized industries. So technology first. And then having a point of view of how that technology lands in the different sectors matters. It certainly matters more for more sectors than others. Think about our business with education. They have such a specific set of needs. They're not necessarily the most complicated or the most differentiated all of the time, but they have a specific set of needs and they also have a specific budget. So being able to understand in the public sector, for example, in education, how that our customers, what are the problems they need to solve, but how are they going to pay for it? In our public sector business, we have a very advanced set of business development and contracting specialists who really go out and capture contracts. We have a contract capture team so that our customers can spend their money with us. We also have a whole set of people who spend their time understanding the nuances of how our customers are going to be able to fit the technology in their budgets. I mean, the best ways for them to capture those funds and then if you think about the problems they're trying to solve in terms of whether it's a education vertical or let's pick on healthcare for a minute, healthcare challenges are really unique to healthcare. The technology may not be unique, but the answer that we're giving them is really unique to them. So the speed that 
they might need in a critical healthcare situation, in a critical federal government situation, or a critical um, financial vertical situation may be the same speed, but the problem it's solving is different. So we're focused on building up our technical resources, understanding the more specifics and the nuances of the technology so that our customers, we can go to them with a set of choices and discussion based on, here's a recommendation based on a specific problem you're trying to solve. And then having the nuances of the vertical or the segment are certainly important so that they can have those conversations internally and they can ultimately solve their problems and understand how that's going to solve their problems. For our biggest verticals like healthcare and our federal government team, we do have a set of people that are specialists of healthcare as opposed to technical specialists. So we'll have people that were former CIOs in our healthcare segment and people that worked for the federal government or have a specific set of skills or knowledge of that business. But when it comes down to how do we solve the problem, it's the intersection of understanding the vertical or the segment, but also the real technical chops so that we can solve it for them in the, in the way that meets all of their needs. That's great. Now, you mentioned healthcare a couple of times, and healthcare and the healthcare market is certainly an area where CDW absolutely stands out. And in fact, CDW was VMware's 2021 Partner Industry Award winner for all of North America, recognizing CDW's excellence and expertise specifically for the healthcare market. And I think it was a combination of the customer focus that you described, your deep domain expertise in the healthcare market, which truly set CDW apart. And we were really thrilled to be able to recognize you as our partner winner for the year. You talked a little bit about the contract perspective, the integration technology, but a little bit more specifically about the healthcare market, which has also been such a huge opportunity over the last two years. There's just been such a pace of change with the healthcare market leveraging technology as everyone has been challenged. Could you give us a sense of how CDW maybe has been working to help your customers solve their problems in new and innovative ways and maybe even share a success story or two over the last couple of years? I'm thrilled to say that CDW has announced that we will be standing healthcare up as an independent vertical. Up until now, healthcare reports directly into our head of public sector, but we are now taking that role and making the head of healthcare a senior vice president role. And the reason that we're doing that is because we've seen such success when we focus, as we all do, right? So we've seen such success when we focus and when we rally our teams around having a really discreet charter. So what that will mean for us and for our partners is that we'll invest more in specific technology experts that are dedicated to healthcare. So we talked about that before, you know, so in the past, you may have a technology expert who's an infrastructure specialist or an engineer or architect, but she or he may have be serving a number of verticals and be more regionalized. In the newer model, we'll have dedicated technical teams, we'll have dedicated marketing teams, dedicated even partner resources. So we'll see that build up similar to what we did with our small business sector a few years ago. Because the focus and the demand is so discreet and because there's such a, a large pie, if you will, of opportunity and to solve it, we need to focus. We've made that commitment. We've named Liz Connolly, who's currently our head of HR or coworker services, as we call it at CDW. And Liz will be transitioning to that role once we name her successor. 
Liz comes to us from the financial vertical and from the healthcare vertical. So she has experience running business units, running sales business units in, in the financial world, but focused on segments like healthcare. So as we think about how we go to market and how we go to market with VMware and in healthcare, this isn't discrete to healthcare, but it really is the approach that we take. We look at this model or this framework called iCare. So it's innovation. How do we rapidly bring breakthrough experiences, products, and services to our customers? That's the I, cost. How do we reduce cost and also make best use of our existing resources? So that's the C, agility. How do we adapt quickly to continuous changes in customer demand? That's the A, risk. How do we protect our reputation, ensure compliance, and manage risk and experience? How do we create exceptional experiences for users and customers at every touch point? So the eye care framework was really heavily influenced by our need to serve healthcare. Innovation, balancing costs, balancing agility, understanding what is the experience that our healthcare end user segments need. So we're excited to be able to do that. And it works really nicely when we think about our VMware portfolio. And when you think about innovation, the things that we have with our cloud solutions, the way that VMware is such a strong partner in cloud management, agility, ultimately the multi-cloud framework that VMware has is one of the industry's best examples of agility, meeting the customer where their needs are. Risk, if you think about the cybersecurity solutions, and again, in the multi-cloud cybersecurity solutions in our VMware portfolio, again, a best-in-class solutions, but it's, it really speaks to what are our healthcare customers solving for? And then ultimately experiences. And we partner very closely with VMware on how we deliver the outcomes for our customers. We have hundreds of shared coworkers dedicated to the pre and post sales delivery process. Besides the thousands of coworkers that sell the product, we have hundreds of coworkers that are dedicated to making sure we're architecturally sound and we're delivering the outcomes for our customers. Lots to talk about what CDW is doing in the healthcare market. I love the eye care framework. Was there one particular success story with a customer that really comes to mind over the last year in terms of how CDW worked with them to develop a unique solution, maybe leveraging the eye care framework that resulted in helping to transform away one of your healthcare customers was able to meet some of the unique challenges that they've faced over the last couple of years. And again, all through it, showing the power that digital transformation is delivering for companies every day as we're seeing almost a revolution in our industry. So shifting away from healthcare, beyond the healthcare market, I know CDW's business is much, much broader. I mean, you do a lot in the public sector and in healthcare, but in industries across the spectrum. And I'm sure you personally have the opportunity to talk to customers frequently, to hear about issues that are top of mind. If we take a step back and we look at just everything that's going on with customers as they're navigating the complexity that you talked about earlier, I'm curious, what are the maybe some of the few top trends and challenges that you personally see your customers wrestling with? What are keeping them up at night? What would you say maybe are the top two, three biggest trends or challenges in the IT space that you personally hear your customers sharing with you are top of mind for them? Well, I think it's not that much different from where we just left off in terms of the customer experience. 
And we can think about it across any industry, whether it's healthcare or whether it's small business. This need for our customers, our shared customers with VMware, to have a best-in-class digital experience so that the digital transformation is more than a buzzword. It's reality of our customers are expecting more of a user-friendly experience, anything that they're solving for, whether it's wait times at a clinic, whether it's how you view your grades or transition from remote work to or remote learning to on-site learning. And it's this connectivity of having a continuous experience. I think that's probably the biggest one. There are no blurred lines for the needs and the expectation of a real best-in-class end-user experience. And then if you think about the different industries, what are the nuances of those experiences? Is it shopping? Is it reading? Is it transacting? Is it waiting? Is it it's prevalent and it's causing everyone to have to kind of up their game or revise their game. And then the interesting thing is what was good yesterday is no longer necessarily good enough. So it's, it's the pace of their expectation too. We can all think of familiar industries who have a great digital experience. And for those organizations, industries, or institutions who don't, there's an expectation that they do. So I think that's the biggest one. 1A then would be cybersecurity and it would be security. And we used to think about bring your own device as the challenge. And when we had, everything was kind of brick and mortar. And now it's any device, anywhere, anytime people want access to their, to the work and their school from the same device that they're playing their games or their kids are playing the games, or it's this interconnectivity of our personal and our work lives or our school and our work lives and our personal and our professional lives has caused quite a surge of the need for secure environments. It's caused quite a surge in any industry for how can we have a best-in-class end-user experience? How can we protect our data? How can we be more secure? And it's interesting, having security solutions and having security architects and engineers is a necessity across every stack. In the past, when we'd sell laptops, you could just sell the laptop. Now it's so important. How is that laptop or that notebook or that device getting to the end user? And what is the security posture? So digital transformation, security. And then finally, I would just say, and this is, I've seen this and I I think it's true globally, and I've certainly seen it in the U.S., is this talent and burn factor that all industries are facing. So there's a war on talent. And if you think of it in a kind of turn it around to positive, there's a real opportunity to capture talent who want to be mission-driven, who want to be recognized for their work, that want flexibility in the workplace. But imagine before we would have people that are assigned to a certain job in a certain country for a certain company, And now the talent and the better the talent, the more flexible they may expect that industries and companies be. So I think the nuances of how talent and people are expecting, rightfully so, to balance their lives causes another set of technology solutions opportunities for our shared customers. That's a fascinating way to think about the different trends and how the, we can call it the great resignation, massive flexibility, all of the trends we're seeing with talent shaping the further technology needs and the expectations. I think a lot of it is getting to, in some ways, I, as you were describing 
digital transformation, I was thinking of the consumerization of the business experience and the business worker experience. I think the level of experience all of us have for those of us who use an iPhone versus an Android, it's like everybody's expecting that same level of experience with every one of their technology interactions and, and whether it's working with their company, whether it's working with one of the vendors. And they all want it to be as seamless as, as an experience, which is no simple task. As my friend who works in the improv world, it's a really yes and. So there's a generational gap of what good is. So if you think about when smartphones were introduced, they weren't necessarily a necessity. In fact, they weren't even necessarily as secure or approved for modern secure places. But now everything's supposed to be smart. But if you think about the generational nuances of what people expect and how they want it to be, I know that I'm older and more seasoned and I have, I like to do things just exactly as I like to do. I drive a certain way to my parents' house, even though they don't live there anymore, because that's the way I do it. I don't care what Waze says, but I think it's, it's a yes and, which again, when you think about what talent's doing, when you think about what the industry's doing, when you think about what digital transformation's doing, it's yes, we have to serve all of these end users, whomever they may be across all of these industries. And we need to also preserve best-in-class things that generational or departmental or industry may expect. So just the nuances of it's not, here's your solve and now everybody do it. It's a, it's a yes and. And I'm sure that this complexity across generational expectations as well as technology, which is massive expansion and capability and demands and needs, as you were talking about how cybersecurity has changed as things have accelerated over the last couple of years, is creating more and more demand for your customers for the type of services that CDW can provide because they're having challenges, I'm sure, keeping talent as we all have, and it provides even more opportunity. And I know that you, CDW, is continually evolving to try to expand and meet that customer demand. And in fact, over recent months, years, have even spent time acquiring new companies to help address that from IGNW to focal point data risk, amplified ITT and Aptris. I'm curious how CDW is looking at expanding its company portfolio, how you look at these acquisitions and how it's positioning CDW to even further better support your customers' expanding business needs and technology needs. Certainly. So in the past I guess 12 plus months, we've acquired eight companies with Sirius being pretty remarkably large and important and valuable to our shared customers. So the Sirius acquisition, which was well over $2 billion and increased our um, technical talent twofold, was a real critical part of our emergence to being a, a services first and a services focused company. And we realized while we had the strength and we had it in many pockets that together we could amplify our talent and our solutions for customers in a more robust way. So when we buy a company, I think one of the things that's most important to us is making sure that we have a good cultural fit. Cultural fit for us really starts with the customer. So the focus on the customer, usually if you focus on the customer and solving problems for the customer, you know, the profitability and the economics will follow. So it's a very important part of how we go to market. And very closely in parallel to that is how we think about coworkers. You know, CDW fortunately has 
is still a relatively flat company when it comes to decision-making and comes to enabling our people to serve customers. By having business units have the power to serve their customers, we're able to move at a faster pace as opposed to going through decision-making trees every time you're trying to solve a problem for the customers. But we think it's critical to have coworkers who have a high performance and a customer-centric mindset. We also think it's critical to have leaders that are focused on the development and the professional development and strength of their coworkers. People know that they can move up and move over and participate in advanced education, which we tend to have a tremendous amount of being in the technology world. The world is their oyster. So we created a culture and we can continue to build on a culture where talent is at the center of our differentiation in the marketplace, but how we serve the talent is directly reflective of how collectively we'll serve customers together. As we bring in companies with Sirius being critical to our future, we will take the best of both worlds. So we didn't buy Sirius with the intention of CDW is the big company, Sirius is the smaller company, so we're just going to fold them in. Instead, we're going through a really deliberate process of identifying who's doing better things that serve the mission of serving customers. We make technology work so people can do great things. Which one works better and which one can we get speed to scale or scale to speed? So we're picking that, the better of the two um, in our integration, and we're picking up some great things from the series acquisition. And in the other places, CDW might have the scale and the expertise And now we've added more talent from the Sirius team so that we can really serve customers at a faster clip or deeper. So at the end of the day, I think one of the consistent threads, Aleth, in our conversation I continue to hear is always focus on the customer, what's best for the customer, how you can pool, enable your employees, your talent, structure your company to be able to meet them where they are and and do the best things you can to be able to help them. That sounds like you talked about talent being mission-driven and being able to enable and connect and provide employees the opportunities to impact the customer and have that connection quickly in an agile way. All of the companies in this industry have been challenged by the need for talent, the great resignation, talent moving. You talked about that as one of the three kind of top trends that are keeping your customers up at night. In addition to the principles that it sounds that CDW has been true to consistently over the course of how you've led the company, I'm curious if there are any other things that CDW has taken on or employed to better position you for this pretty aggressive war on talent that is still happening out there to better position you At the end of the day, your talent is your bench and your ability to deliver that value to the customers. And it's something, frankly, I'm sure every listener is wrestling with, how to keep talent, how to keep talent engaged, how to attract talent, because it's it's pretty challenging out there. So I'm curious of whether CDW has taken on any new initiatives in this war on talent over the recent months. There's a couple of things. There are two roles that did not truly exist outside of CDW, kind of they were side projects until the last 12 to 18 months. One of them being the the vice president of diversity, equity, inclusion is now very focused on as a standalone role. And it's really to engage our coworkers and our communities and lead our business resource groups. So while we had those business resource groups before, and while we had work that we were doing by discreetly putting a focus on it, we can get closer to our coworkers and closer to our communities 
And for example, our business resource groups are, for example, Women's Opportunity Network. We have ABLE, which is for our differently abled coworkers. We have BU, which is for our Black coworkers. So a number of different coworkers. I mean, a number of different business resource groups, and they, they span the gamut of even things that might be just similar time in career might be a business resource group. The great news about our business resource groups that you don't need to necessarily identify as that group to be an advocate or a member of that group. Pulling that out as its own independent senior leadership team, I think, is indicative of our commitment to caring about everybody, caring and feeding for people regardless of their different dimensions of diversity. We also um, hired recently a role to specifically focus on more concentrated, deliberate engagement in our communities and uh, really aligned to our ESG. So what are we doing? What do we care about? How do we do work? And then how do we do drive more alignment? So for example, we have community service days that our coworkers can host or do and participate in, but could we do more with those areas we care about like digital equity? We've created that role and there'll be more to come, but that would be an example. We recently, um, in partnership with a few of those leaders and with my organization, we recently launched an HBCU initiative, which was for historically Black colleges and universities, really focused on not just the pillar of hiring from those organizations, but also focused on the digital equity, on having a richer talent pipeline from an underserved group. So a lot more to come on that. So those would be two examples. And then finally, the third one I would mention would be CDW recently launched a global career framework. And I know that large companies have some of these kind of career frameworks, but CDW had some opportunity. And what this means for our coworkers is that they'll understand paths of growth and opportunity that may not always be just a discrete promotion to leadership. So can I grow in my career and can I understand opportunities for more growth trajectory that may be being having a higher span of control, a bigger impact on the business. This gives us the ability to recognize individual contributors or supervisor level people that are doing work that has a big impact, but they may not be managing a big team. So we've grown up from real estate being the way that you get promoted by having people and things under you to impact and influence and competency. So you may have a highly technical coworker who isn't going to lead people, but she's going to lead some really important work. So there's an opportunity to be rewarded and recognized for that. Sounds like CDW is taking the same approach with its talent and employees that you also apply to your customers, which is thinking about where they are, what their particular circumstances are, their worldview, and finding a breadth of different ways to connect and engage To me, I'm hearing parallels and the same care you give your customers is the same care that you're providing with your employees to be able to help engage better and and inspire and engage talent, which, as we know, is the most valuable thing we have at the end of the day. We've talked a lot about CDW, Aletha, in our last bit of time together. I'd love to shift a little bit to the conversation to you. You've had a very rich and successful career in this industry. Again, I'm not going to mention how many years but long experienced and tenured. The last couple of years have challenged leaders at all different levels and all different industries. I'm curious for you, as you look over the last couple of years, um, was there any particular area from a leadership perspective that you were 
particularly challenged that you developed in ways that you didn't expect? Not that there are many blessings in the the pandemic that we've lived through, but particular challenges that that helped you grow and develop as a leader in ways that you didn't expect. Oh, you know, Kathleen, I used to say pre-pandemic, I used to say I'm better in person. And then that's my, (laughs) my superpower might've been in person. (laughs) And then I wasn't in person. So that in and of itself was a huge pivot for me. And I realized I need that kind of physical energy to connect with people. So we really did a number of things. And I did some really fun things. I've been in this role just just under two years. But in my previous team, we did a video. We sang songs. We had everybody's picture in it. We all sang. We did the track of Tom Petty's I Won't Back Down. It was so much fun. You know, this is when we were like, all right, we're going to come back to work one day soon. And in the meantime, we're going to stand proud probably three or four months into the the pandemic. Um, I started hosting... um, you know, smaller office hours, a lot of the things that other people were doing. But the real the real thing was how do you connect when it's not um, and it doesn't have to feel like a meeting or even a stare down? You know, sometimes these video calls feel like a big, oh, here we are. So um, for a person who's better in person, which I still am better in person, I had to think of ways to be more personal and connect with people. One of the things I've done and depending on where we were, in the timing of the pandemic, but I've I've done a lot of walks and I'll walk with people physically. Physically, I'll meet with them. Weather usually works for me because I'm in Chicago. I walked, I already walked three miles this day, but physically I may walk with them or I'll put my headset on and we'll walk and talk. So I think just that freedom of to connecting with people. My team and I, so I have all the VPs hosting different coworkers from different teams. They're all people, they're all in my organization and we just call them Meaningful Connections where they can talk about anything, but they're small. So we're helping people meet each other. We made sure they're cross-sectional teams, cross-diversity teams, sort of like different, not everybody's the same. And then having leaders just host those calls. What hasn't changed with talent and people is access to leadership and access to what is happening is critical. And then finally, we've done some things in this role. I've introduced a partner webcast, which didn't exist before, but a forcing function was, How do we connect with our partners when they aren't running into us on just the stuff that's happening and how do we take it out of a newsletter? So it's almost like our little talk show. It's not that scripted. So sometimes are better than others, but it's a great way for us to connect quarterly with our partners. You have had a long career that's been predominantly focused, as you mentioned earlier, on I'm going to call the channel, whether you were part of CDW or part of Microsoft working with CDW. When we talk about the channel, This is also an area which is going through some significant transformation from a host of business models, all again, driven by the fact that our customers are looking for, they have different needs. They're looking for different ways to purchase, different support that they need. From the vantage point that you have, having worked in this industry for a number of years, what do you think are some of the biggest disruptions that you see coming? And what excites you most about continuing your career in the channel? One big disruption that's coming is a way that our customers will consume technology as a service consumption is disruptive to the channel. It's how do you count the money? How do you add the money? How do you add value to your services? So the exciting thing for me and for CDW is we're big enough and enabled enough that we can then focus on getting smaller for our customers. And I think that's the real win. Like, how do you have access to all these broad scale of things, but do it with speed and intimacy? So as we think about how we're going to market, the solve is 
speed and intimacy and customer-centric focus, but tapping into you need a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and a little bit of this. So we no longer have our team structured around technology. We have them structured around broader sets of technology as opposed to here's the server team, here's the client team, here's the software team. Software is everywhere. So just being able to think differently with really this that opportunity to get closer to the customer. So I'm excited about it because we're going to be busy. <laughs> there's 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 a lot to learn. There's a lot to do. So just pick a few things and be really good at them and keep focusing on that. And if they don't work, pivot to the next thing because there's quite a bit to do. That's great. Okay, last question. Over the last couple of years, which have been challenging, you talked about challenges having to figure out ways to be really present virtually versus being better in person. We've all been tested in different ways. What is one either activity or hobby that you've picked up with the pandemic? Or what is something that you've done, I'm going to say, to keep your bucket full, right? To be able to help you be able to continue to bring to work what your team members and coworkers need. So many people these days are being challenged with burnout, feeling stretched. I'm curious how you help Again, keep your bucket full so that you can be a leader who's present and inspiring for your coworkers. Thank you. Often I, and most often since about May of 2020, I walk a marathon a week, regardless of the weather. And I do have a treadmill, but I rarely use it. And I have a friend or two who will walk bursts with me and I have a dog. So it gives me something physical to do and it gives me something to get my day started or end my day. I block time at the end of the day to catch up on, to try to catch up on all the things that might be in my inbox. But I'll also use that time to walk for 15 minute bursts. Oftentimes it'll be like today I started with an hour. It's probably 28 degrees here. Yesterday at the end of the day, I had to go out of town for something this week. I walked two miles down to a department store at three. I asked my husband if he would pick me up. So I tried it this walking But I also use that time to call people back for low pressure conversations. So it gives me, whether it's a personal or professional conversation, it gives me something that feels a little like moving between the hallways. And then I've gotten so committed to it that I'm counting. So I walk a marathon a week and then the weeks I don't, I'm not too punitive on myself, but most weeks I get there just over. That sounds great. I think that's something that I don't have the challenges of 28 degree weather here in California. I have a lot of hills where I live, which gets your heart rate going. So Aletha, it has been truly a pleasure speaking with you today. I could go on and on. I have so many other questions, but we really appreciate your time and the insights to your career, your role, and how CDW is just continuing to evolve to meet the needs and rapidly changing needs of customers, your employees, expanding with new acquisitions to just stay on the forefront of what you said. There's lots of reasons to keep us all busy in this very, very dynamic market. So thank you so much for joining us today. Kathleen, thank you so much for having me. And thank you, VMware. You're an exceptional partner. And I feel like I could have said even more things about that. So maybe I'll come back next year. That sounds great. We'll schedule it. Thank you so much. And we're back. What a great perspective from Aletha. It was particularly interesting to learn how CDW leverages the iCare framework, which focuses on innovation, cost, agility, risk, and experience to successfully move one of its healthcare customers securely to the cloud. I really enjoyed our conversation, and I hope you did too. 
Thank you for joining us today and listening in. To learn more about CDW, please visit cdw.com. And to connect with Aletha, you can find her on LinkedIn or on Twitter at at AlethaCDW. Thanks for joining me on this episode. Remember to subscribe, follow, and review VMware Partnership Perspectives podcast from your streaming platform of choice. For more information on VMware's partner programs, please visit partnerexecutiveedge at vmware.com. I'm Kathleen Tandy. Thanks for listening and hope to see you next time.